Welcome to the Hat Soil Health Podcast, a production of Hoosier Ag Today and made possible by the Indiana Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, a program of the Indiana Conservation Partnership. Once a month, we'll spotlight the many efforts around Indiana by CCSI and its many partners to improve soil health on Indiana cropland. Here's the host of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, Eric Pfeiffer. Welcome in. This is the Hat Soil Health Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and I'm joined today by Director of the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, Lisa Holscher. And Lisa, we've got a lot of things to discuss. We're going to head back to Commodity Classic that was at the end of February and hear from some folks that won an award down there for their conservation efforts. But first, we want to touch on a few things here. Uh, Obviously, COVID-19 and the coronavirus pandemic has stolen all of the headlines and is really top of mind for everyone. And it's impacting really how we live everyday life. And it's impacting some of the events that, that you guys had scheduled and just a number of things. Yes, it really, um, to say it's impacting our daily lives is a bit of an understatement. I, our CCSI staff, of course, we were all doing a good bit of telecommuting before, but now it's 24-7. And along with the overwhelming majority of our conservation staff out there, we find ourselves working from home with kids and spouses and all of those unique distractions that perhaps we didn't face before. They are interesting times, to say the least. To say the least, absolutely. To say the least. (laughs) Well, just, you know, as we think about this, obviously you and I, we're social distancing right now doing this uh, interview here by phone. Uh, But farmers, we don't think an awful lot about them social distancing because oftentimes they're already a bit social distant because they're out on their farms, but there are some things that they need to be doing as well, right? That's right. Our farmers need to stay safe as well, and the folks who support our farmers need to also stay safe. And so there are a few things that we can think about as a community, as an ag community. For example, we're going to see a lot of inputs being delivered in the next few weeks. So Some of those simple things like making the arrangements to drop off seed, drop off chemicals without having to sign for it, without having to have that close contact. And, you know, we do want to maintain some social contact. So some of those conversations are inevitably going to happen. There are a few things to just keep in mind. Six foot apart. Six foot is probably about the width of a full size pickup stand across the hood of the truck and talk to each other. Simple things like that can help our farmers stay safe. And for our farmers, they can think about things to keep their support system safe. We know that they're going to need parts, but that doesn't mean they have to go into the parts store to pick them up. They don't have to go to the parts counter. This is a good time to take advantage of all of those lockers that are scattered throughout the state where our dealerships, our implement dealerships can leave parts for their customers. Take advantage of that. Take advantage of those curbside pickup opportunities. And you can help our support staff, those agronomists out there, those parts counter folks, those people we need in any given planting season. You can help them stay safe too. And wash those hands. That's another big one. Ah. Uh, keep that hand sanitizer there in the truck. Uh, yes. So, so as far as resources, you mentioned 
you were doing a lot of telecommuting already, uh, but now it's 24-7 there at CCSI. If folks are still looking for information, it's not as though everything is shut down. They can still get information from your organization and a lot of the other soil health organizations that are still open. Yes, there are still a lot of resources out there for people to go look for, to use, to download I know there are organizations across the nation who are all ramping up to provide some type of education outreach by webinar, by podcast, or just by posting additional materials online. Of course, our website, ccsin.org, already has a lot of this information, including past Soil Health podcasts with Hoosier Ag Today and an events calendar. One of the things we're doing with this events calendar Frankly, I think that every event that we had scheduled through May has been canceled or every event that we knew of through May somewhere in there has already been canceled. We are not removing those events from our calendar. We are simply posting that they are either canceled or postponed so that about a week before the event, a reminder goes out through our social media automatically, our Facebook posts, our Twitter post. So people who may have been planning to attend an event, they can see right there if it has been canceled or if it's still going on. And that is our plan to keep people advised of some of those learning opportunities, field days, and what's happening out there for now until this is over. Lisa, you mentioned all those uh, Hat Soil Health podcasts that we've done. We've been doing this for quite a while now. I think we have over a dozen out there. And uh, now that um, folks more than are, a dozen. yeah, say so we we've been doing this a little while now, and while folks are quarantined and you know need something to to fill that downtime with, hey, we've got plenty of podcasts for you to go back and listen to with a lot of good information, and we've got another good one today. We we head back a little bit today to Commodity Classic that was held down in Texas back at the end of February. Mike and Susan Brocksmith were awarded down there for some of their conservation efforts. And Lisa, I know you know the Brocksmiths uh, very well, and you actually played a part in getting them uh, nominated for this award. Talk a little bit about the Brocksmiths and what they mean uh, to you and to Indiana agriculture from a soil health conservation effort perspective. Talk about a pair of conservation leaders. Mike and Susan have really set the bar high for the rest of it when it comes to teaching others about soil health, teaching others about conservation. And I'm so happy that they were awarded this Conservation Legacy Award from the American Soybean Association. My part in that was very small. Along with a number of other folks, we wrote letters of support trying to point out those things that meant so much to us personally that Mike and Susan should receive this award. They farm outside of Vincennes and a bit unique is that Susan is with Vincent's University. She leads their agribusiness program. And for a number of years, she's been bringing her students out to the farm and along with the Southwest Soil Health Team have been educating not only those students, but a host of high school students who are thinking about attending Vincent's University. They're educating them on soil health principles, taking them around to actually feel, see, smell, what a difference is between a healthy soil and a soil that, well, not so much. And that's an impact that will last for generations. I'm so proud to even know them. 
Well, and we have a full interview with them now. Andy Eubank from Hoosier Ag Today was there in Texas and spoke with the Brocksmiths. Here's that interview. Hoosier Ag Today is with Mike and Susan Brocksmith, Vincennes, Indiana, and they are going to be honored on Friday night as uh, part of the American Soybean Association annual uh, big dinner and banquet, the uh, Conservation Legacy Award. Uh, regional winners for the Brocksmiths, one of four winners, according to American Soybean Association. It's a national program designed to recognize the outstanding environmental and conservation achievement of soybean farmers, which helps produce more sustainable U.S. soybeans. So first of all, congratulations on being one of the four district winners. How does it feel, Susan? Oh, it, it's such an honor and a humbling experience to be recognized for the things we love to do and our passion. Right, agreed. We're very humbled and, and feel good to be honored for doing something we believe in. I always like talking with farmers who are receiving such an award because you don't do what you do to receive awards. You do it because you believe in it. But it's nice to get the honor, too. Yes, it is. Uh, we've always been a strong conservationists and been proud of that fact. And we've tried to promote it in our community and and throughout the state and nation, and we're just happy to be here today. Great. Well, I'm going to uh, ask questions, and whoever jumps in is fine, and if the other one wants to talk as well, that's fine too. But you said you've always been strong conservationists. Tell us how it started, when it started, and, and how it started. Uh, we started actually no-tilling in the 70s, and we had our first no-till corn in 1977, and I tell people it was a failure, but we uh, kept trying and kept increasing our no-till acres as time went on. We were a heavy livestock farm, so we started no-tilling mainly to save time, but uh, soon realized there were a lot of other benefits. And as time went on and technology got better and equipment got better, it became much easier to, to farm the way we do today. To save time, that's why you started. And you had no idea at that time then what it would turn into? No, actually we had had a feral finish hog operation and a cow calf operation and we spent a lot of time on tractors hauling manure and putting up hay and and to my father and I tillage was just a, a complete waste of time and the no-till just fit in with our with our labor and with our soil types and and we've just stuck with it and then much later I think we realized the economic benefits and now now it's all about soil health which you know we've experienced for many years and now we're uh, we're in the in the know and very happy about it. Talk about the evolution of your efforts and all we're learning about soil conservation and how things have changed from that time to now. Maybe even take us through the years a little bit about some of the different things you've tried. Well, in the, I think our first no-till attempt on corn, we took a, some coders off, a no, off of a mowboard plow and, and mounted them on a, a mounted planter and tried to no-till corn in the sod and did, probably had like a 60% stand, but it was the first endeavor, and I remember that day in the field, my dad and grandpa were with us, and uh, we could tell there was something to it, but it just took a long time, and slowly uh, manufacturers came along with the planter attachments that made it a lot easier, and in the late 80s, we bought our first set of Ross encoders, which were just a planter attachment, which made it much easier to no-till corn, and about the same time, there were some new herbicide developments that came out that really helped us in the no-till. 
Anything to add, Susan, about the evolution of your efforts over the years? And those are some of the things I think we forget to tell people because we say you got to, if you're all conventional, you got to go to all no-till, and it's a continuum. And just like Mike said, we didn't just boom all of a sudden and it all was all rosy. It's a continuum of going from, you know, when we started in the 70s to the 80s to the 90s, we added something new and saw some changes, and then we went and added something else new. So it is this whole continuum of, of seeing this, and it's not something that people need to just to jump into. Hey, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint race that we come into, and that's what we've seen, and it's really gotten to be where we can see the big difference between soils that have been the normal tillage to cover crops and no-till and seeing that the life that's in our soils and how resilient they are in times of drought and times of too wet that they they are there and they sustain us each and every year and it, it seems as though when you talk to a farmer who's diving into cover crops it's the same thing it's a continuum where they decide to give it a try they try it this way they try it that way different cover crops and they're just experimenting and finding that there are definite benefits right i think we've had a, a different recipe of seed almost every year that we've had cover crops and we've kind of settled into cereal rye as being our base product but we depending on the season and the time of planting we use different products but it's a moving target and and i think we're learning as we go so you're learning as you go but how did you come up with those various recipes and 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 is it just a matter of time to find that right one uh, i don't think there is a right one we have different recipes for different crops and and different different types of soil, uh, different harvest dates. So most years we go with three or four recipes and those are subject to change. Uh, I think we've had a, a fair amount of failures. We've tried some really crazy things that actually didn't work for cover crops, but now we know. And uh, I, on our farm, we're kind of a bread and butter farm. We don't try to do anything fancy and we try to work on return on investment and try not to spend a whole lot of money on cover crop seeds. So we've just kind of zeroed in on cereal rise, the base, and we'll add to that as we think needed. I want to talk to you also about advocating for agriculture. I know you both do, so I want to find out some of what those things are that you do, Mike, but you're at Vincennes University, and there's a lot of agriculture going on there now, Susan. Absolutely. It's been a great partnership between the two of us, having the home farm and the conservation practices that we do that I can then bring a lot of our Vincent University students out and show them the practices we do. Um, there's one class that I brought out all the time for classes and showing when these are the things we do, this is what's going to happen, as well as you know, we couldn't do this alone. It's taken a lot of partnerships and cooperation and people that's willing to talk because it's not just a Mike and Susan Brocksmith idea. These are decisions as we come to conventions and go to places like this that we get to talk to other people and go, hey, what are you doing? Oh, well, that might work for us. It's, it's that whole advocating where we learn from each other. So maybe other people won't make some of the mistakes we made and maybe we won't make some of the mistakes that other people have made as we try to fine tune what is this and what's going to work the best in our soil. So anything from if we can get these young people just to ask the question, what if we tried this and getting them to experiment a little bit and saying, hey, that wasn't as bad or hey, if it doesn't work the first time, don't stop trying. The our marathon runners today didn't do it by going, hey, I'm going to go out and run a marathon today. It takes a lot of practice and tenacity to go through that. Are you happy with the level of interest by the students? 
Absolutely, they're always looking for something new to try and do. Now, of course, there's people that go home and they're being told, well, that's what grandpa used to do. But we're, we're starting to see these students asking questions. And now with the economic times and the shorter margins that we've got, that they're looking for new ways to do more with less. Mike, what are you doing in your spare time? Uh, well, we've been strong advocates of soil conservation. And one of the blessings we've had, we have been willing to experiment and work with other other groups, Extension, NRCS. So uh, we've had a lot of people visit our farm, and hopefully we've, you know, showed other farmers what can work on our soil types. But it's also been an advantage to us because we have had lots of experts, you know, visit our farm to do research, and we've always learned from that. Our requirements, we've never asked for monetary, you know, compensation, but we always just want to know the results of the test and share the information. And, and that's been really good for us. Indiana as a, as a whole, are you happy with the level of dedication to conservation and I, I think in a lot of cases the leadership, the state and its organizations have shown? Absolutely. It's, and we're getting more, more partnerships and more people that are buying into, hey, this is something we all need to promote and look at as we look towards our future. Um, one of the things we want we've always had in our hearts and in our mission statement is, hey, we want to leave the ground in better condition than when we received it. And one of the ways is that we found is the no-till and cover crops, but it's always great to have organizations and whether it's the Soybean Association, NRCS, our Soil and Water Conservation Districts, they're always, you know, hey, can we learn from you? And we're asking them, can we learn from you? So it's that partnership cooperation that's made things a easier as the years go on because we got more and more people buying into the soil health as well as the nation's buying into it and with new consumers they're wanting to know where their food comes from and is it clean now we can say we are working to be the best environmentalist we can any idea who nominated you for the conservation legacy award i do think it's a nomination process is that right we we believe it was the indiana soybean association okay that's a good move <laughs> have you been to commodity classic in the past we have not any, any early thoughts about this event? Yeah. Wow, it's a very impressive and it's gonna take a little bit of time to soak it all in. And we just arrived and we're just now learning where all the different meetings are and, and uh, really gonna enjoy it. All right, first time attendee ribbon on your, on your name tag. I did not notice that, I'm sorry. I'm just not observant enough. Well, it's, uh, it's great to talk with you. Congratulations on being one of the four regional winners of the award. Friday night you find out uh, if you are it, but does it really matter? No, absolutely not. We are just so honored and humbled because we got nominated for our region. And you know, this is such a great event and we're learning so much. We're just blessed to be here. Well, congratulations, Mike and Susan Brocksmith from uh, Vincennes, Indiana. This is Who's Your Ag Today at Commodity Classic. Andy Eubank there with that interview with the Brock Smiths. Again, congratulations to them. Uh, such fine work that they do. And, and uh, Lisa, I know you're proud of them. Uh, here in Indiana, we we all certainly should be. Uh, it's something that, uh, you know, getting awarded. Indiana's been awarded for the past two years by the American Soybean Association. Uh, another uh, award winner last year at the show as well. So good things happening in Indiana agriculture and soil health. And I know that you're very happy about that. Very happy. And we are a leader in the nation when it comes to soil health. In fact, if you look at the American Soybean Association Conservation Legacy Award past winners, we have a large number. The overwhelming majority for that particular region come from Indiana. There's a reason for it. 
because we're strong when it comes to conservation. And that's Lisa Holscher, Director of the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. And Lisa, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about what we have coming up on our next edition of the Hat Soil Health Podcast. It's getting to be planting season and a lot of things going on. And uh, I'll let you take it from there and talk about what we've got coming up. So things are really ramping up in southern Indiana. Uh, We are seeing a lot of equipment moving. Um, One of the silver linings, if you will, of COVID-19 is our farmers have to worry less about the regular road traffic as they're moving equipment. But anyhow, part of those equipment that I'm seeing are sprayers, and we want people to really start thinking about their termination plans for their cover crops, how they are going to burn down or kill those cover crops. So we invited a couple of gentlemen who, frankly, are probably responsible or directly touch about 10% of the cover crop acres in the state, working with a variety of farmers. And they are as good as it comes when it comes down to planning for killing a cover crop. Those things that farmers and others need to be thinking about in order to get an effective termination. So we'll be hearing from Cameron Mills out of Cass County, Indiana, and Jamie Scott out of Kosciuszko County. And we've got that coming up on the next Had Soil Health podcast that will be coming out here very soon. We'll have a quick turnaround on this one. want to make sure we get the information out there to folks here as they go through uh, this process here very early on in April. Um, and, and Lisa, thank you for joining us and want to say thank you as well for your sponsorship of this podcast and your willingness to, to share the information and help set these interviews up for me to do. I think that anyone who has listened to this podcast, they've had to have come away with, uh, from it thinking, boy, that was a lot of good information. And, uh, it's because of what you and your organization is doing. So thank you very much. And thank you to Hoosier Ag today for helping us get this information out there. Without you, it wouldn't be possible. That's Lisa Holscher, Director of the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. Again, you can find their information at ccsin.org, including that calendar of events. I know a lot of them say canceled or postponed, but it's good to stay up to date on those events. And you can find that at ccsin.org. And as we're throwing around thank yous, I want to say thank you to you, the one that downloaded the podcast and tuned in today. We are certainly doing our very best to bring good soil health and conservation information your way, and we'd love to hear from you. You can feel free to email me anytime at eric at hoosieragtoday.com. If you've got ideas or things you want to hear about, I'd love to hear from you. My name's Eric Pfeiffer. This has been the Hat Soil Health Podcast, a presentation of Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network.